hip studio, cause I'm paid for. You're now tuned in to the Young, Black, and I Invest podcast show. With your host, Monique Malavent. And three dynamic women with a whole lot of attitude around the growing racial wealth divide, economic equality, and their interviews with influencers that are proactive about making a change. Start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how I could I get some dead presidents. I need money. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Monique Malabet, First Lady Realty, and I'm here to introduce my brand new podcast, Young, Black, and I Invest. My podcast was birthed more so out of necessity and by the assessment that unfortunately, there is little to no conversation on the topic around the racial wealth divide, economic inequality, and also around those change makers slash influencers that are trying to bridge the wealth gap and fix economic inequality. So here at Young, Black, and I Invest, I'm going to be highlighting and interviewing those change makers, and I'm going to keep the conversation going by opening up the airways for impactful, educational, and continuous conversations around the subject matter of race, wealth, and inequality. If we want to truly benefit from diversity, create greater economic stability for the country, and break the strongholds of racism, We must keep this conversation going and change the narrative for minorities and low-income communities. But before we get started, I'm going to take some time to highlight and introduce myself and my fabulous other co-hosts who will be helping me interview the change makers and bring their wealth of knowledge, perspective, and tons of energy to the show. They are successful, beautiful, strong black women with different backgrounds from the arts, mortgages, mental health, and tech spaces. So let's get started and invest our time to me. Young, Black, and I Invest. With your host, Monique Malabet. And your co-host for today, Marianne Drayton. Who is Monique Malabet? Hailing from the big state of Delaware, Monique is a realtor and an active member of the National Association of Realtors, Greater Capital Area Association of Realtors, and the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Northern Virginia Association of Realtors. Monique's titles include Investor, Life Insurance Agent, and Notary Public in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. She's an alumna of Hampton University, graduating with a bachelor's degree in business management with honors. Within a year of graduating from college, Monique became an investor, purchasing her first property. Shortly thereafter, with the relocation to Washington, D.C., Monique rented her property and began her career as a real estate agent. She quickly became licensed in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, in addition to acquiring several additional investment properties. Over the past four years, she has assisted over 100 families with the purchase and selling of their homes. Monique has geared her efforts and services towards helping many communities and neighborhoods build their personal wealth. With her continuous passion for investing and assisting her community to invest, she currently serves as Vice Chair of the Prince George's County Public Schools Business Management and Finance Advisory Board, NAF Academy of Finance Advisory Board at Kitt D.C. College Preparatory, and lastly, Monique is the founder of her wealth building organization entitled Dynasty. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for 
the founder of this great idea, <laughs> my girl, Miss Monique Malabat. Hi, guys. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> How are y'all doing? All right, Mel, let's get into it. For those who don't know you like I do and many others, your podcast mainly focuses on two main disparities. Mm -hmm. Those include the racial wealth divide Mm -hmm. and economic inequalities. Yes. Yeah. So, and also, because we we also want to keep it positive, 2019, Mm -hmm. um, it also is going to focus on change makers. Mm-hmm. That is um, that can include investors and also uh, different people in different industries who may not even know they are change makers. Yes, like business owners and all that good stuff. Exactly, Correct. exactly. So, Miss Malabet, mm-hmm. based on your work as not only an investor mm-hmm. and not only as a real estate guru because she has receipts <laughs> and references. Let's put that out there. <laughs> Hashtag, let's be very clear. Her name holds weight. <clears throat> um, what ways has your work, your past, your current work, and what you, you aim for, has it motivated you to to do this podcast as well as your other work? Yeah, so it's a number of things, Marion. So, in my own personal line of business, I have seen how wealth has positively impacted one community and mm-hmm. a lack of wealth has slowed down the progression of another community. Okay. So when it comes to that, you would see primarily in the white community. Okay. When it comes to like the down payment and coming up with closing costs when, they, when they're ready to purchase a home, right. they were able to just easily go to their family, go mm-hmm. to their trust funds and gather that, those funds, right? Exactly. Versus in the black community or the minority communities, we're more so scrambling. Exactly. We can't go to our family, you know, our parents or a trust fund or anything like that to borrow funds or to get funds to, to purchase a home. Mm-hmm. We're picking up second jobs. You know, we're doing everything we can can do. It, anything and everything we can do, you know, just to get come up with the money and the funding. Right. And, you know, purchasing a home is a huge part of building wealth. Exactly. And once I saw the ratio, uh, the road to zero wealth, when that report came out back in 2017, mm-hmm. and a lot of conversations started to come up around the racial wealth divide, um, that's kind of really what piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. And that report, the road to zero wealth, was written by Prosperity Now and Institute, and Institute for Policy Studies, and it basically just confirmed what I had already witnessed mm-hmm. in my daily everyday business. Okay, in terms of like the black community. And also Latinos, how we will have zero wealth mm-hmm. in the next, like, 20, 30, 40, 50 years if That's we don't make crazy. changes. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. And, you know, I know uh, based on your own particular research, when it comes to the economic inequalities, you touched on um, how that makes no sense for mm-hmm. today in 2019, especially yes. because of the advancements that... Black people have made. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So, uh, a lot of people don't know that. So, in terms of a lot of people want to point the fingers at at the black community Mm -hmm. and about mismanagement of funds. Right. But a lot of people don't know that actually blacks today, we have a record low unemployment rate. Mm -hmm. We also have higher wages and even more education. A right. lot more degrees than ever before. I know Absolutely. you know. A lot right. of our friends, we have triple degrees. You know? Exactly. <laughs> our friends, you know, we live like that. I think yes. majority of our friends have four-year degrees yes. at least. At least. So when you're seeing this kind of, in a way, this is a positive. This is something that's positive. It's a mm-hmm. positive growth within our community. But 
all the gains that we made since the civil rights era has actually have all been erased, despite mm-hmm. all these numbers in terms of a higher un- you know unemployment rate going down. Mm-hmm. You know, us making more income than before. Right. So why is it still this huge wealth divide? Exactly. So when I saw that, not just that it's a huge wealth divide. Why is wealth going down within our community at astronomical rates? Exactly. For me, I had to. I started doing more research. I was like, this can't just be mismanagement of funds. Right. This obviously, to me, it had to be a little bit more in terms of like policies and just things that are being put in place. That's kind of. Uh, holding you know black people back in exactly a sense. everybody's not riding around in a new car right yeah half my friends don't even no, wear jordans we don't exactly we're not shopping like crazy we're not just mm-hmm. mismanaging our funds uh, a lot of us are still trying to invest we're trying to advance our education so for me i started to do more research mm-hmm. and you know once you do more research you start to realize that history has a lot to do with the wealth that has accumulated to to today exactly so um and also there's a lot of policies and just unfortunately a lot of companies that are still targeting the black community so one exactly until this day so one huge example is wells fargo Mm -hmm. wells fargo has got slapped with another lawsuit recently recently very recently so the city of sacramento actually um Hit them, hit Wells Fargo with another lawsuit for their long-standing pattern and practice of illegal lending in minority and low-income communities, mm. so that it would actually reduce home values, mm-hmm. limited property tax revenue, and drive up foreclosures. Wow. So, and that's just one example. Uh, Wells Fargo's also got hit with another lawsuit in Philadelphia. Wow. So you know you're seeing this, and that's not the only company. Exactly. Um, you know, redlining, all the things that's kind of happened in the in the past, black codes, housing restrictions, predatory bank lending. When the market crashed back in two thousand and six, mm-hmm. all of this stuff is still playing a direct. It's, it has caused a lot of this huge wealth gap. Once the market crashed, mm-hmm. uh, income had plateaued. Right? Exactly. And but, all the stats she's stating, you can definitely yes, Google it. Yes, you, this is, you can fact check all of that. All of it. So what what people don't know is that. Um, around like 2011, mm-hmm. 12, when the market started rebounding, uh, wealth started to actually spike up for mm-hmm. the white community. For the black community, it started to actually go down. Wow. So it was just one of those things. That's why I say a lot of the gains that we've made since the civil rights era mm-hmm. have all been wiped away. Okay. So it's a lot of those things. Everyone kind of plateaued when the market crashed. Right. But one thing we don't talk about is like, what happened once the market started rebounding? What community has still been affected to even to this day? Exactly. So it's a lot of the low income and minority communities. So see, and this is why we see your podcast is so important. Yes, because it's one of those things that this is a discuss. This isn't new. This mm-hmm. isn't a surprise. And this podcast helps mm-hmm. bring it to the forefront, and it yes. just helps to assist these conversations. Mm-hmm. The you're not crazy, right. and it's just. Um, for me, I realized that not just me, a lot of people know about this, but people don't like to have these uncomfortable conversations about race and racism, Absolutely the not. true history of how America started, the beginnings of it, slavery, how um, slavery actually, what it actually, what the point of slavery was. Mm-hmm. Slavery was all, it was all about business. Right. It was about accumulating wealth for a group of people. I that, mean, who wouldn't want to have the most powerful labor for free. Exactly. So people don't truly understand why our ancestors were enslaved. Um, and they don't really get why all the torture and dehumanizing and humane treatment, what it all boiled you down to, and the main reason for it all. Exactly. So, and if they do, they yeah. don't like to talk they about like it. They don't like to talk about it. Like to talk yes, about it. it might be a thing. Someone might have an issue. However, <laughs> green is the main reason. Mm-hmm. 
And we, we perish because of this lack of knowledge. We don't mm-hmm. want to have these conversations. We don't like to have uncomfortable conversations just in general. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what the podcast is going to be about. We're not going to continue to let this cycle repeat itself. Exactly. We don't want, we just, we know we have to break the silence. So exactly. that's what it's about. So that's what the podcast is portion of the podcast is going to be about awesome awesome <laughs> and you know and again this is all the more we discuss this mm-hmm. the, the better we can, we can make change you know exactly. we're all young highly educated mm-hmm. and not just book wise we're also educated in what we see in the day to day most exactly. of the people i'm sure listening mm-hmm. to us they're highly you cannot pull wool over anybody's eyes yeah you know and what the deal of, is exactly and this actually people don't realize that uh with the gap widening, mm-hmm. if you're if you're just let's just say you're not a minority, you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out okay, what is this? Why is this important to you? Overall, this the with the gap widening, it divides and creates greater economic instability for the country at large. Right. So we can get to, get into that obviously a lot mm-hmm. deeper throughout the podcast. But I definitely have a lot of reasons why it should be important, not just for the minority community, but mm-hmm. for America as a whole. And there you go. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to this podcast. We have that those who are listening to us, Mm. you're going to be able to not only get the history, the background as into what led us to this point at this this, this point in time. Mm -hmm. You're going to get what's going on at this very moment that is supporting what happened. But then we're also going to offer solutions from very talented, smart, amazing individuals Mm -hmm. right here. Yes. Right here. So thank you guys for tuning in. Awesome, awesome. And stay tuned for For more Young, Black, and I I Invest. Young, Black, and I Invest. With your host, Monique Malabet. And your co-host for today, Marianne Drayton. Let's get started and invest our time to Marianne Drayton. Marion Drayton, who I've known for a very long time, she's been my bestie since high school. She's a recent implant transitioning from Dallas, Texas. Marion originally hails from the state of Delaware, which is well known in the financial industry. The field seemed to follow her after obtaining her Bachelor of Arts degree with honors from Johnson C. Smith University and interdisciplinary studies with concentrations in political science and communications. Her career has allowed her to become financial subject matter expert, including a nationwide mortgage licensing system mortgage specialist with an extensive background within the mortgage industry, from qualifying to post-completion. Her specialty includes mortgage regulations and compliance. Marion Drayton. Yes, girl. Thank you for joining me on this show. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was super excited to have you here. You see all this energy that she brings us, guys? Yes. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. I We have a lot of conversations just one-on-one, mm-hmm. just about like the racial wealth divide, economic inequality, and also just about investors and just investing in general. Absolutely. So I definitely, I want you to kind of explain a little bit more about your background because it's very extensive. Um, you have a lot of uh, experience in the mortgage industry. I do. So I definitely feel like you can bring a wealth of knowledge and then also bring that, tie that in with why you feel like this podcast is very, you know, it's important and why you want to be a part of it. Like it's done. <laughs> All right, Momo. So first and foremost, thank you so much for having me here, for trusting me to be a part of this journey. You mm-hmm. know, I got your back, girl. <clears throat> yes. 
<laughs> got your back like a Cadillac on full flats. Okay. So, <laughs> since you fell in love with me in 2002, but we're not going to go there. Please. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, I have to say my introduction mm-hmm. into the financial field mm-hmm. was kind of unplanned. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to college thinking I was going to be Johnny Cochran. Found a little bit more about the OJ case. <laughs> no, wasn't about that life. And then um, came out thinking I was going to be Oprah. So I majored in political science and communications. This is true, guys. This yes, is true. this is mad true. Mm. Hashtag. Let's be very clear. And so um, during the time that you know our class, 2010, graduated from college, uh, that was around uh, former President Obama's after his first year in office. So that was after. The whole government shut down. Oh, the economy is about to burst. Everybody had to shut down their campaigns, run to D.C. If you're not old enough for that, you, you wouldn't know. Our particular <laughs> class, as long as well as the 2009 class, were, were hit with that. Right. And so instead of us coming out with jobs like yes. they told us in high school, um, we came out getting the jobs of high schoolers, mm-hmm. retail. Or we had um, some of our friends that went straight into grad school to keep from going home. Yes, that's actually very true. Yeah, it's very true. So um, I was blessed, though, uh, when it came to my my first real job, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I actually was um, hired as a credit reporting agent for uh, tri-merge credit reports. So mortgage companies don't pull from the actual bureaus. As Mm -hmm. you know, there's three. TransUnion, Mm -hmm. Equifax, Experian. Three major credit depositories. Yeah, and so... um, there is usually, they get it from a, a third-party source that pulls all three credit reports together and combines a, a report. And in this report, that's that's known as your mortgage credit report. Right. For anybody that knows about credit, you know, you get three major credit reports. You get your consumer one, that's mm-hmm. the one with your little credit cards. You get your auto, obviously, that's self-exploratory, and then your mm-hmm. mortgage. That's mm-hmm. the hardest pull on your credit. Mm-hmm. I was able as a part of my, uh, the start of my career Mm -hmm. to work with the mortgage reports. And then I also work with mortgage companies in what they call Mm rescoring. So if, uh, one of the mortgage companies customers didn't have the right score, they work with us to get the right score. Right. They would have them pay different things. We would actually call the creditors. I've called Sally Mae, Mm -hmm. um, Mohila, all of them. Like that was a part of my job to, get this, this this accommodated for the scores to be re- redone. And so that background helped me see that the mortgage industry wasn't as simple as you going and applying for a loan yes. and, and, and getting approved. Right. I then took that um, that information, that, mm-hmm. that time there, and I moved on to Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and that's where I started working for a major bank. <laughs> that's where the bulk of my financial... You want me to say or no? I guess we could. I mean, because I did learn some some great things right. uh, from from this bank. Right. Um, it's Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo. Yeah, Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that time, um, when I started in two thousand and eleven, they were the biggest uh, mortgage company or number one or two, mm-hmm. um, in the world. And so, we also, when it came to the regulatory standards, mm-hmm. were major. Um, as far as knowing when it came out, what to do, that's mm-hmm. Dodd Frank. Um, and that's pretty much making sure the consumers were protected. Right. I um, actually started in the financial advisor's business line. So I learned about the IRAs mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature. And um, that also opened my eyes to the, you know, the foreign 
aspects of the commercials that you see. Right. Like, TD Banks and, and Ameritrade. And you're like, what, what are they talking about with stock markets, things of that nature? I actually understood it. And it, it, was, it was great for what it was. Got burned out because that's what, what mortgage can do to you if you're right. not careful. But mm-hmm. my background, me being in the industry for five plus years, particularly mortgages, I can definitely say no one can tell me about mortgages. Right. Okay. Period. Yes. So, and with that being said, especially with you coming from, you know, Wells Fargo, mm-hmm. uh, many people may have heard about a lot of their discriminatory practices. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of some of the subject matters and topics we're going to be speaking about. Absolutely. How they've kind of pushed a lot of the black borrowers, or let's just say uh, uh, minorities and low income into more expensive uh, mortgages than white borrowers. Right. So I think it is kind of cool to have you on the podcast. Not saying you can speak directly towards that, but people need to know that practices like this are still happening and... At the end of the day, the consumer, like you said, you got your job was to protect the consumer. Exactly, and um, that was one of the um, for for I, how I personally feel while uh, why my career at Wells Fargo mm-hmm. didn't last too long because right. whenever something that I didn't feel was correct, mm-hmm. I would go right back to the regulatory standards, right. and I was a regulatory pusher mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, my name is going to be and registered with the decisions that are made. And so, uh, you know, as you discuss, um, or as we're going to discuss, you know, Wells Fargo has been hit with several lawsuits, several dozen (laughs) lawsuits, lawsuits, excuse Mm -hmm. me, and it's it's mainly because of uh, discriminatory standards and Mm. uh, predatory lending. Right. Um, Of course, you know, anybody could say, oh, but why wouldn't you want to uh, give your loan, give this massive amount of money mm-hmm. to someone that's a guarantee? With that being said, why are they a guarantee over someone else? Mm-hmm. It's not just as simple as them having a better credit score, mm-hmm. them having um, yeah. disposable income. I mean, it's been it's been proven, it's out there, and mm-hmm. especially in the lawsuits that's coming up, that mm-hmm. the you know it could be a, a a minority borrower that has the same credit score, that has the same amount of income, but they're stared into a higher cost loan just because of their race or their ethnicity. So I'm actually super excited to have you on the podcast and Uh, to bring your wealth of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're going to be a great asset and we're going to have a lot of fun as well. We really are. (laughs) I, as I don't know if anybody can tell, I'm not shy. (laughs) (laughs) No, she definitely is not. I talk a lot because I know a lot. And not just that, she's a lot of fun. She's a burst of energy. And I feel like with you being on the podcast, this is going to be a lot of fun. And just thank you for being on here, Marion. Yes, for sure. And um, more to come, guys. More, more to bombs, go. more information, more mm-hmm. knowledge that she has to share for y'all. Yes, yes, yes. I definitely look forward to this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is the perfect time for this podcast. Right. Yeah. It definitely is. Thank you, Marion. Of course. So thank you for tuning in. Absolutely. And stay tuned for, for more Young, Black, and I am Best.
Thank you so much for joining us today on the Young, Black, and I Invest Show. Always remember, economic stability is a necessary part of freedom. Inequality crushes economic growth. A people cannot exist freely without it. So peace, love, and equality. Until next time, people. We will